This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The almost one in Getty soap with my dad, and so Getty. Can I press that bad button? Are we ready to start? One, two, three. I'm a proud Democrat, but first and foremost, I'm a proud Republican and Democrat and mostly American. Can you believe? In miracles, yes, you can. Why are you here? You're supposed to be asleep. Wake up. On a shucky ducky kind of day. He's bare chested and banging his chest. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. I'm up and ready and running. So the audience are a bunch of hoes. Yes. Real classy. Why don't we just go to the story? Talk radio has made people lack confidence in a lot of our existing institutions. The best place to get real information is the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> they don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Here. Why are you here today? I don't watch the news. The birthplace of talk radio. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners. 
And here's their response. We will gladly accept huge risks to our personal safety for the sake of a discount. That was the entire premise behind the McDonald's dollar menu. I give you America itself. This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Studio C. We're in a dimly lit room. You know where? Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. And today, everybody, on a Tuesday, a little something we called Halloween. We're under the tutelage of our general manager. Please welcome everyone to the first ever edition of Who's the General Manager Theater? No, no, I said old-timey organ music, like a theater would have. <laughs> this, this is like the this, Oregon Trail music. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, not, we're not gold panning, Michael. It's theater. Oh. Damn it. You've All ruined right. everything. You've ruined everything. All right, turn it off. All right. Who's the general manager of theater? Boy, this Starbucks coffee sure is strong. I'm totally wired. Are you wired? Yeah, I'm wired. Hey, George Papadopoulos, are you wired? Oh, I'm wired. Oh, that's right. I was supposed to set the scene. That was a campaign foreign policy meeting at the Trump campaign. The Papadopoulos Wire is our general manager. Co-general manager, Halloween, everybody. Hey, now. My youngest was up at 5 a.m. ready to put on his costume. To wear to school. The kindergartners get to wear their uh, costumes. The second grade teacher, I don't know if it's school policy or the individual teacher policy, but they're not allowed to wear costumes. You can wear orange or black to celebrate the day, whatever the F that is. When did that become a thing? What is that? Human stupidity knows no bounds. I don't don't know what that is. Just uh, give me just a moment. Michael, when the reviews of Who's the General Manager Theater come out in the New York Times, I'm going to lay it right on your desk, all right? I want you to take responsibility for it. I understand. I, I don't think we're going to be treated kindly. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody. Is well, that where we were? We're going to introduce everybody in the squad. There's Michelangelo, our board operator, in his Uncle Sam outfit, which is just awesome. How are you this morning, Michael? Uh, very good, Jack. Like, you mentioned, like Jack mentioned, the kids are very, very excited about trick-or-treating. As a matter of fact, just get it over with. Go over to your neighbor's house right now while they're sleeping. <laughs> Knock on the door, just extra loud because they might be asleep, and you know, ask for candy. Yeah, my kids are so excited about the volume of candy that they can get. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Um, so what exactly is your costume there, Sean? Well, uh-huh. I have donned my sexy Confederate general costume. In an a sexy Confederate general. Yes, and I have made some grave mistakes. I went for authenticity. It's right. very hard to be sexy while wearing wool. But I'm hoping... Especially this warmer than usual Halloween. Yeah, it's normally chillier, so uh, the combination of sweat and itchiness is really going to make for an awkward show. But I'm hoping that I somehow trigger somebody in the promotions department. I get to go home early uh, with maybe a yeah. meeting of HR or something. Fantastic. I, I like you combining, you know, news of the day yeah. with the regular theme of Halloween, which is sluttiness. Sexy Confederate general. <laughs> it's it's creative. <laughs> I'm not sure you'd have lasted on uh, the fields of Antietam. 
the ba- those short pants and those heels. <laughs> it is not built yeah. for battle. Oh, my God. You know what? His, his cheek is hanging out the back. Do me a favor. Turn and face me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those shorts are too short. Exactly. These ones? I'm getting oh! side boob here. I'm blind. <laughs> now, uh, Ryan Harris has been filling in for Marshall Phillips, who we do believe is returning tomorrow. We talked to him yesterday on the phone, and he is fine, although he has some amazing tales of his operation. But, Ryan, what are you dressed as today? Well, let's go to Mr. Tom Hanks for the answer. I'm David Pumpkins! <laughs> You're what? David S. Pumpkins, David my friend. S. Pumpkins, one of the most popular skits in Saturday Night Live history. I like your look. Thank you. Yeah, that that suit is fantastic. crazy. Yeah, that's that's I admire yeah. the commitment because, you know, you got to go with that for year after year to make it pay, I'd imagine. And, well, and what's Best good $60 about... I ever spent. And I'll tell you, if it wasn't for Metafast, I wouldn't be fitting into these pants. There you go. And what's good about that suit is that you don't have to wear something uncomfortably ridiculous. You could go to a Halloween party in that, you'd be absolutely fine, and you'd be perfectly comfortable in your Halloween garb. Exactly. Joe has not mentioned what he dressed up as over the weekend. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it is uh, a little something called Halloween. Tuesday, October 31st, year 2017. I dressed as as Colin Kaepernick, Mm. but with the full makeup. There's a term for the makeup I wore. It's an unfortunate term. Okay. That goes uh, vaudeville days, which gotcha. was about when that music was recorded. And I probably shouldn't have worn the makeup. Mm. Then that'll make the rounds on social media yeah, eventually. Yeah, probably so. Gotcha. Yeah. Then yeah. Be, yeah. Okay. Then there definitely but I realized be... that was controversial early in the evening, so I went home and put on a Nazi uniform. <laughs> <laughs> These tensions. Right, exactly. Nazi Germany. That's right, Michael. That's good. Uh, are we ready? Here, what, had, what just happened? All right, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC Rules and Regs at Mark. Hey, um, I think I get what you've been trying to teach me this whole time. I almost didn't go out for Halloween because I was scared of getting made fun of. But you clearly don't worry about what people think of you. And you might be the happiest guy I've ever seen. It's funny. Even though it's a night where you get to believe in witches and monsters and ghosts, Halloween is really about believing in yourself. No, it's not! Halloween's about candy, man! Oh. Wait! Will we ever see you again? No! There you go. (laughs) Not sure what that was, but I loved it. Halloween's about yourself. (laughs) That was from the David S. Pumpkin Halloween special this past weekend that was created off of the love of the Tom Hanks sketch from about a year ago. Fantastic. It's about candy, man. Uh, what are other headlines? <laughs> well, warnings all around after the Paul Manafort indictments. Netflix weighs in on the Kevin Spacey scandal and why it doesn't pay to get too friendly in the friendly skies. Yeah, Manafort's getting all the attention. Papadopoulos is the story. That's the dang story right there. Or is it? Guy was uh, That guy was arrested three months ago. And they kept it secret. As Chris Christie explained, you keep those people secret. And work them. I'd understood it was just because he knew his mother would be devastated, so he asked them to keep it quiet. Is that not it? For three months they've had that guy doing who knows what. His mother's very fragile. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's very good. Full of insight and mirth. Cool. Uh, I'll reveal my costume at some point during the show. This is radio. but uh, Also controversial. But I expect to get lots of candy, which is very important to me because candy is so expensive. You can only get nine pounds. It might cost you $3 to get nine pounds of candy. <laughs> right. Did you see that article I tweeted over the weekend about how much candy it would take to kill you? 
No, if you I did it all at once. Oh, we got to talk about that. All right. Well, it, uh, let me tell you this. You'd spend under $10. <laughs> really? Right. <laughs> so, wow. If you're thinking of ending it all, it's a good, cheap way to do it. Wow. Yeah, I want to hear that. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Don't turn your back on the baby. Superstition from the sighted Stevie Wonder. Yes, been wearing a costume most of his life, according to Positive Sean. So apparently Colin Kaepernick costumes are pretty popular and causing problems all around the country, I just read in the New York Post. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd say unless you're a light-skinned black man, don't go there. Well, a light-skinned man of mixed race or something. Tiger Woods, yes. Me, no. Speaking of race, uh, World Series night, which I'm very excited about, and... uh going to be some serious booing for one of Astro's first baseman who likes to make slant eyes. Oh, my. going to be some serious booing in L.A. today. Oh, no. He's right. down on the Asian fellas. Mm. Somebody will have to explain that to him in Spanish, <laughs> why they're booing. Of course, there are plenty of people in L.A. who can do that. <laughs> yeah, but it wouldn't it? Because I, I think a lot of athletes, you like being booed, right? It just shows you're so good and you're so in their head and bothers oh, yeah. you so much. But if you're getting booed for something that you legitimately think that was not a very smart thing to do and not yeah. very cool, that would suck. Could sap his mojo. We'll have to see. Because you would think, yeah, they're booing me. You know, they're kind of right. Fire up there. I might be booing myself. Yeah, yeah. That was insensitive <laughs> of me. Boo! Well, I'm just kind of You're right. Boo! <laughs> Could be. Mailbag. Boy, we have all sorts of stuff to get to, including a little later on. Correspondence from some uh, gay fellers about the old Kevin Spacey thing. Notes of condemnation and understanding. Controversial. Stay with us. Who uh, was it? Rosie O'Donnell. Somebody uh, tweeted out that everybody knew this forever. And they finally. That the spaceman is a child. Uh, he, he loves the boys. Yeah. Allegedly. First of all, Ian in Tijuana continues his effort to establish a career as a comedian one email at a time. Hey, guys, I like to hold hands at the movies, which always seems to startle strangers. <laughs> oh, Ian. Oh, Ian. You are something. Uh, let's see. Steve writes, guys, I'm experiencing Dodger Freud, the elation you feel when bad things happen to the L.A. Dodgers. <laughs> Go Astros. Well... Let's see if that continues tonight. We do not know, sir. I predict a game seven. I rewatched the last couple innings with my son because he had to go to bed. Mm. That that game five was the best baseball game I've ever seen. Well, and game it was two was amazing. the best baseball game would would ever happen. Yeah. Until three games later. Yeah. yeah Just yeah. insanity. And why? Why? Goes back to your question of yesterday because there was so much offense. People like the ball flying around. They do. Yeah. Jack Joe, hello from uh, San Diego, formerly Calistoga, longtime fag here. This is my third email to you, writes Rob. The first time was the Christmas Earring CVS Pharmacy, English is a second language, chatty checkout experience, which involved the late, great Vince. Vince is not dead. He just doesn't work here anymore. But he is missed bitterly. The second time he emailed was suggesting the Chacarone transition music. 
I just wanted to say thank you for the years of infotainment. Some say intormation. I'm thrilled that my two contributions brought laugh to you guys. So thanks for the years of hilarity and thoughtful, insightful perspective. And thank Jack, too. <laughs> wow. That, that, see, that's Rob. Rob, Rob, Rob. Totally unnecessary to pick mommy over daddy, as it were, and try to pit <laughs> us against each other. But, uh, yeah, nice batting average. Wow. Because I remember vaguely the Christmas earrings uh, edition of Chatty Checkout Theater. Went a little better than Who's the General Manager Theater, Michael. I think we can both agree on that. <laughs> uh, by the way, I've got the headline of the day if you ever need it. If you ever, if you're, if we come across a slow spot and you need the headline of the day, I have it in front of me. Super. Okay, great, great. Just let me know when you need the headline of the day. I'm sure it'll go well when we try to do it. <laughs> it's pretty good. Okay. It's a pretty good headline. I believe you. Jack and Joe's separate thoughts made me think, writes Sean. Uh, we could go to Jack. Uh, Jack said... How long is it until I just have to go and realize I've been hacked? We've all been hacked. Then a couple days later, Joe said, how long until these realistic robots turn into sex robots? Actually, I think those were both Jack, but it doesn't matter. That made me think, how long until those realistic sex robots are hacked and start murdering people? Oh, yeah. Wow. And then how long till that movie is on in the middle of the night on Cinemax? A part of the body that fits into the headline of the day. Whenever we get to that. <laughs> I happened to be flipping channels after watching all my newses last night and came across a couple minutes of the uh, 90s, 1990s thriller Attack of the Zombie Strippers. Mm. Um, I'd imagine the same guy who directed that will probably direct the Attack of the Killer Sex Robots movie. Do you movie. think he's available? <laughs> we'll have to see. Uh, the irony police will be billing overtime this week, writes uh, Fagafy Lance in Pacifica, California. A year ago this week, Donald Trump was asked if he would promise to accept the election outcomes. He said, maybe not, not if there's anything shady going on. Democrats and the media, sorry for being redundant, went nuts over his lack of decency and his disrespect for our democratic institutions, etc. But then Hillary lost and Democrats hated the election outcomes, so we have months of investigation. Now Manafort is being indicted. I would say kind of indirectly linked, but sort of. I'm no Trump fan, but I just have to laugh at the hypocrisy. The system is to be trusted unquestionably if our candidate candidate wins and thoroughly investigated and reformed if yours wins. Now, there's an element of that on both sides. I can't wait to talk about the the events of yesterday. Mm-hmm. Perhaps they relate to the headline of the day. Could be. Man, it's, it's something. All right, one more serious note. Then uh, on to that, maybe. Uh, hello, Simple Jack and Rocket. My name's Joe, but I go by Rocket. I wanted to ask you where you found that fantastic quote you shared today in the 6 o'clock hour. It's your par- Takes one to know one? Was that the one? <laughs> no. It's your parents' <laughs> fault for raising you that way. It's your fault for staying that way. Hey! As a counselor in training, I've struggled with determining at what point children who are completely beholden to their environment take on responsibility for their behavior in adulthood. At what point should we hold people accountable, barring severe mental health issues or cognitive impairment? This quote put it into perspective. Yes, childhood trauma is real. Yes, your feelings are valid. No, you do not get to be free of the responsibility of making choices for yourself and living with the consequences. You know, if the entire world accepted that simple truth, Gina, we would have a vastly different society. It's And tough. vastly different politics. It's a tough one because, uh, 
I think uh, I think culturally, society, society, hmm, in society, <laughs> we uh, we for many years you're just supposed to get over everything and move on, and then we decided Which may you know bury it, and not deal with it. Generally speaking, yeah, yeah. And I think we decided at some point that's not the best idea, but I do think we are into the hold on to whatever bad happened to you when you were a kid forever mm-hmm. and make that who you are, and or just never be held to account for how you behave if you can cite any you know cause societal. Uh, you know, parenting, racial, whatever, just you are thereby not responsible for your adult behavior, I don't which know I think I, is, is ridiculous. I don't know where you find the sweet spot. It's a difficult thing, and humans are bad at it. I experienced ongoing trauma as a child and have spent the entirety of my 20s attempting to undo what was done. Through counseling, support groups, and self-help books, I've grown past many destructive patterns of thought and behavior. I often marvel at the emotional messiness of people's lives, which I worked so dutifully to avoid. I cannot tolerate dysfunctional relationships or abusive people now that I know what those are. My life is simple and without chaos because I work tirelessly to keep it that way. Is the attitude that others are to blame for our thoughts or feelings that lead to so much suffering. Yeah, that's the uh, the cognitive therapy thing where you try to understand the way you're thinking and change it. Um, and we should all do that. We should all at least take a class on it. As adults, we must remember our responsibility and our power to make better choices. Thanks for sharing this wisdom, Gina and Lodi. Um, P.S. I appreciate you cutting off the age for having things figured out at 33 years old. I turned 30 this month, and I appreciate the three spare years to really clean up my act. No problem, Gina. Plus, you know, uh, the carpenter from Nazareth got, what, 32 years, I think? Um, I think 33 is the agreed upon number. Well, that last year was pretty rocky. Whoa, jeez. Holy cow. Well... Holy cow. There wasn't a lot of... That was the most inappropriate thing anyone has ever said. What do you mean? And on Halloween, too. Read the... <laughs> Shut up, Michael. <laughs> Read the Bible. Hunted and persecuted is a rough year. The Bible! What was, are, you You need to apologize. It was your dismissive, flippant tone about that <laughs> final year was, that was the controversial part. I, I, I'm aware of the final uh, I don't, week in particular. I respectfully disagree. You know what I find myself and on wondering? Halloween of all days. <laughs> oh my God! You know what I find myself wondering? What's the headline of the day? You know we don't have time for the story, but we have time for the headline. Okay, and then we'll have to take a break because we've got a lot of news. Do you know about this uh, Snuffleupagus guy? What's his name? Papalopoulos. Oh yes, yes, yes. Flamenopoulos. Manafort's not the story, at least for now. It's this guy. He's a story, but he's not the story. The story is this this guy you'd never heard of in your life. Right. That's the dang story. Oh, I'm telling you, look out. Anyway, here's your headline of the day. Should we just go to music, and I'll give you the headline of the day over the music. Here you go. Are you ready? I like that. What, was this my music for headline of the day? Okay. Soccer player needs 10 stitches after penis explodes from a teammate's kick. I've never been more ashamed of being part of this radio show. That's the headline of the day. It'll stick in your mind. You know... I didn't even know Back that could happen. 1979, my band Exploding Penis was signed to the same record label as the Sex Pistols. Then the label went under, surprisingly. Yeah. Didn't, didn't get to make our first record. There's video of this, by the way. Would you like to know the title of our first album? Sure. Nah, you don't. <laughs> Did this happen during a match? I know there's video. Yeah. During, so, during a soccer match. So I, don't, I don't want to hear any more okay, for now, but okay. yeah. Okay. Good yeah, Lord. That's What's rough. the matter with you people? That's rough. Seriously. That rough. I'm, I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> and on Halloween, too. Yeah, on all days. Um, so Ryan's got the news. Marshall is going to be back by tomorrow. Somebody said, did you fire Marshall, too, or did he win the lottery? No, he got surgery. 
and he will be back tomorrow to tell the tale. News on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Difficult to get um, nonpartisan coverage of this stuff. Oh yeah, it's so hard. Yeah, everybody's shouting their version of certainty at each other, and it's uh, a lot of it's just ridiculous. Which is weird to me, in that the story is so interesting just on its face, without leaving stuff out or adding stuff in. You know? Yeah, I guess. But the involvement of both campaigns and attempts to reach out to Russia—that's that's damned interesting. You know, the more I live, Jack, the more I become cynical and the less I become cynical about some other things. But I tell you what, asking human beings to get beyond partisanship and try to see the truth is like asking a dog to play the piano, evidently. There's a limited number that can do it. It's a pretty damn limited number. I don't know. I've seen some paintings where they're playing poker. It doesn't seem too much far I don't off. think I've I know a cat playing piano. There's plenty <laughs> of that on the Internet. Hmm. Let's get the news now with Ryan Harris. Hard to follow that one. Good morning. Former Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton says it's time for Congress to do their jobs to hold President Donald Trump accountable. Clinton made the comments not long after the indictments came down for former Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort and his deputy Richard Gates for conspiracy in the ongoing special counsel Russia probe. Speaking at a book promotion tour in Chicago, Mrs. Clinton said that, quote, we know everything we need to know and she'll leave it to investigators to decide if there was collusion or conspiracy. Special counsel. While you and your campaign paid millions of dollars to a firm to hire a guy who's an expert in Russia to reach out to them to get information from Russian is, sources, which is what you're saying the Trump campaign exactly. probably did. So it looks like you both did it. I don't. I don't. Which is exactly where we're going to end up with this. I wonder. Meanwhile, special counsel Robert Mueller sending a warning to people in Trump's orbit: if they lie about contacts between the president's campaign and the Russians, they will end up on the wrong end of federal criminal charges. Democrats and a few Republicans in Congress have a clear message for President Trump. Don't mess with Robert Mueller. Senate Democratic Leader Chuck Schumer said Trump mustn't interfere with the special counsel's work. Others warned Trump against issuing any pardons, including Republican Senator Bob Corker, who's been in a Twitter war with the president, said he can't even imagine that Trump would fire Mueller. Controversy surrounding actor Kevin Spacey hasn't stopped Netflix from exploring a House of Cards spinoff as the show's final season nears. The streaming channel, which is reportedly weighing different concepts for the spinoff, said that the upcoming sixth season will be the last for House of Cards. The announcement of the Emmy Award-winning political show's end came amid fallout from Spacey's alleged sexual advances toward a 14-year-old actor in the 1980s. But Netflix had already decided to end the show and was pursuing the spinoff. Allegedly. Let me jump in here just for a moment. I'm told by those in the know that they were considering ending it after six seasons. And it's possible this just made the decision for them. On the other hand, I would like to suggest to you that you've got a successful franchise going there and a single unsubstantiated allegation from 32 years ago of an incident that was unquestionably inappropriate and not good, but there was no... You know, nothing was consummated. The kid said, ick, get away from me, and ran out the door, and it was all over. That would not cause the cancellation of the series. The 
burbling awareness that one Kevin Spacey is probably a boy predator and quote-unquote everybody knows it. And now that the lid's off of it, we can't possibly deal with him because he's radioactive. I would suggest that is closer to the yeah, truth. Yeah, that they have the feeling a whole bunch of people are going to come forward now. Right. There's nobody in the theater movie world who's uh, hip to this stuff who's saying, Kevin Spacey? What? Really? Oh, my God. I never would have guessed. There's nobody saying that. Rosie O'Donnell tweeted at Kevin Spacey, we all knew about you. I hope more men come forward. I don't know to what extent that's true. We played the clip from The Family Guy. Seth MacFarlane making a joke about Spacey and uh, boys in 2005. In similar style to the way he made jokes about Harvey Weinstein. Right. right. Yeah, and it wasn't long after the accusations came out that Spacey apologized, said he didn't recall, and that it would have stemmed from drunken behavior. And, of course, he also spoke publicly for the first time about being gay. A man and a woman who were strangers when they got on a Delta flight from L.A. to Detroit on Sunday got to know each other well enough that they were arrested together. These passengers got some laughs out of it, but also recognized the serious nature of the incident. Especially with, like, families and children around, I feel like that's definitely Were they on a side with two seats, or were they, like, three across with a a spectator? No, those did not matter. No, definitely inappropriate. The 48-year-old woman was on her way to Nashville. The 28-year-old man's final destination was Miami. They didn't make it as they were caught in a, let's just say, compromising position in their seats mid-flight. Sitting in the cougar section. But they, they, didn't, they didn't know each other. Get on Not a plane. when they got on the plane. And decided, boy, I'm so attracted to you, i got to have sex with you right here on the plane. That's 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 something. They Little got hotels. They got hotels next to every airport in America. How about when we get there, we right here now? Well, all right. Go out in the FCA. Sickening, like dogs in a park. Try to find your humanity, you, you animals. Well, it's all about their uh, attempt at joining the Mile High Club, and the FBI says charges uh, are to be expected. That's your news. I'm Ryan Harris on the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. The fact that you're in the air makes it a federal matter. But who? That's crazy. Who <laughs> introduced the idea to a stranger? I mean, how did it start? Well, a little flirting. A little innocent flirting. A little, uh, where are you going? What are you, is it, you going home? Or are you traveling? What do you do? Uh, blah, blah, blah. There's chemistry, Jack. Chemistry. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Who and started then, it? The guy did, of course. <laughs> I doubt it. He must be 48 year old horn dog woman? He must be super attractive. You, you, okay, explain to me how a young horny dude talks the average 48 year old woman into having sex on a plane. Trust me, she was at least a co-equal conspirator. Oh, she's 90% of it. Thank you. I think. Thank you. But now you got to answer to the Justice Department? Because it happened on a plane. She wanted to get blanked, and I felt like blanking her. Are you working with the Russians? Do you know George Papadopoulos? (laughs) What? (laughs) If it happens on a Greyhound bus, it's just another day in a Greyhound bus. Right. (laughs) No kidding. Amtrak? Nobody had noticed because nobody's on the train. Oh, if the trains are rocking, huh? Yeah, so we didn't get to the this George Papalopoulos dude. Yes. He, he's the key to the story today. we got to explain that whole thing to you. He got arrested three months ago. He's been working with Mueller for three months. Who knows what he's or been doing? Or is he? Stay tuned. We have a uh, a federal... What is, is he? Who is... i got to have who he is here. We got a guy in the know. Guy who knows about these sorts of prosecutions coming up. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
Another guy who was indicted is former aide George Papadopoulos. And it turns out he tried to set up a meeting between the Trump campaign and Russia. Of course, lots of newscasters were having some trouble with the name Papadopoulos. <laughs> Check this out. The Trump campaign and, um, and, and through Mr. Papadopoulos. George Papadopoulos. Tell us, first of all, more about the case against George Stephanopoulos. Uh, <laughs> or, or Papadopoulos, I should say. <laughs> I think, I think Mr. Snuffleupagus uh, should be put behind bars. Uh, the crowd shouts with delight. Was that Fallon? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Fallon, who's inherited the Jay Leno, he knows how bad he has to be. And you, there's a lot of money there. To get the mass audience. Yeah. Um, that's pretty funny, though, the uh, Wolf Blitzer, your nemesis, calling him Stephanopoulos. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. But so, Way to go, Wolf. You intellectual giant, you. <laughs> So this came out later in the morning, and then I don't know at what point we all found out that this guy was arrested three months ago yeah, and pled guilty a month ago. Uh, so Yeah, snuffle up, I guess. So all that conversation we were having yesterday about, um, you know, did they go after Manafort to get him to flip or to get him to get information, and Chris Christie saying, no, that's not the way you do it. You'd only do that in secret. This is the guy they were doing in secret. Right. Right. This uh, Papadopoulos, who was a volunteer kind of foreign policy contributor panelist to the campaign. And there's pictures uh, of him. He was allegedly some sort of expert on Greece, you know, judging by his name, Papadopoulos. Yeah, I get it. But uh, for some reason, he took it upon himself to uh, go after Russian contacts because he heard they had dirt on Hillary. And anyway. there's talk that he may have worn a wire at some point in the last three months talking to someone. Does anybody know that? No, that's just speculation. Uh-huh. I haven't heard anybody with any authority say that. Well, you wouldn't but, know. I and you wouldn't. Uh, right. And there are a hell of a lot more ways to get information than just wear a wire, um, although that's certainly helpful. Um, so we'll see. We'll have to just f- f- see how uh, how much fruit this bears. Now, it could be argued, and we're going to talk to uh, a guy who knows uh, a lot about this stuff, Bill Portnova, who is uh, assistant U.S. attorney. He's uh, worked with the FBI a lot. He's a defense attorney now, and he can talk about a lot of this stuff. But it also strikes me that if they're working with Papadopoulos for three months in secret, and the only indictment they have for us now is Manafort on totally unrelated to Papadopoulos financial charges, tax fraud, etc. Maybe Papadopoulos didn't lead him to much, and we get to October, and Mueller's like, okay, well, this guy's this guy's a dry hole. So that could be a they wanted to collude with the Russians but failed. Well, yeah, actually, I heard uh, Steve Hayes and and help help me get this tape in a little bit, Sean. I should ask you for it of the Weekly Standard talking on Brett Bear's show last night, and he said it's clear to me there was a desire to collude with the Russians on the Trump campaign or desire to get information from Russians, which, of course, as we pointed out, Hillary and Podesta and company were paying millions of dollars to do get dirt on their opponent from the Russians. So all of you all on both sides screaming like you're St. Francis of Assisi and the other side's Stalin, please spare me. Anyway, um, where was I? They wanted so, yeah, to they wanted to they wanted to get they wanted to get information. Was there active collusion? Nobody's nobody's shown that yet. What is collusion anyway? That's not a legal term. Well, it's right. A, it's just yeah, it's a it's a description that the media uses. Mm-hmm. So and we'll have to so, so then the argument is made, oh, okay, uh, Hillary's people were trying to do that too, mm-hmm. but she's just a private citizen now. 
Trump is the president. Well, that's why it's the different. But if both sides try to do it, so do we just consider the the side that won the criminal? I mean, I don't know. I don't know exactly how well, that works. Right, exactly. And that's one of the things the the media does, particularly the left leaning media, is they smear the difference between politics, popularity, and justice, the law. And they start throwing around the term collusion as if it's a felony, when indeed it's just, hey, Ivan the Ivan the Russian knows that Hillary likes a little sherry in the evening. Really? Wow, so she's a drinker. I mean, is that quote-unquote collusion? Is that against the law? Nobody knows. Everybody's pretending like they know, but they don't. But anyway, I'm looking forward to talking to Bill Portanova, our guest, uh, right after 7 o'clock about this idea that Mueller and company are trying to send a message to everybody they're going to talk to. It's a message. It's a fish wrapped in newspaper. Or a horse's head. Uh, that's a good message right there. Yeah. You wake hell- up with a bloody horse's head in your bed. That it, ma- that that make an impression. It's hard to think it got there accidentally, you know. <laughs> well, what must have occurred? Look up. Is there a hole in the ceiling? <laughs> right. <laughs> is there a horse body with an unopened parachute somewhere around here? Right. Was there a terrible horse wreck outside and I left the window? Right. You, it's pretty clear that a message is being sent. So is is the message? All right. Look at look at old uh, Papadopoulos over there. He said he helped us. He's got a couple of wrist slap charges. He'll be out in six weeks. Look at Manafort. You're not going to see him till the year 2048. You know, that's maybe that's the message. I wonder where this all ends. And if any of it's in good. heartbreak, Jack, in heartbreak. <laughs> and if any of it's good for America, <laughs> almost certainly not. Uh-huh. Unless we learn from it and reform our system. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know. Maybe, listen, some of the other news that came out yesterday is is the incredible reach of the Russian disinformation campaign. The literally hundreds of millions of impressions between Facebook, which I think was, I can't remember which one was which, but it was 300 and some million uh, impressions by the Russian fake accounts on Americans through their Facebook and their Twitter. And, and how hard they're trying to get at us. And mess with us and turn us against each other. That should be the headline. You see, yeah, so maybe what will come out of this, um, you know, obviously if somebody, if somebody in Trump's campaign, including him, is charged with obstruction of justice or something, that's a different story. But if, if more or less nothing comes out of this other than we find out both campaigns were trying to get information from Russia, maybe mm-hmm. that will become so toxic in the future, the idea of working with the Russians, that people won't do it, which would be good. You know what? Not only are you right, I think that's likely. I think you may have nailed it. I hope that's what happens. But, you know, getting back to the dog playing piano, asking people to put aside their partisan lens and whether their side is winning or not is difficult to do, evidently. It was hilarious as I saw. I saw people that I like, not just the partisan hacks, but like the people I like and feel like are fairly honest about this, say it was a very bad day for Donald Trump and say it was a great day for Donald Trump. I heard (laughs) both. (laughs) Right. Well, boy, that's that's quite a different at the end of the day uh, assessment of what happened. Somewhere between it was an awful day and it was a great day. Well, I heard it called the worst day, which is really saying something. Do I have to review the days? Mm, there have been some <laughs> rocky ones. Well, right. Yeah. Huge, huge contrast. Well, we'll talk to somebody who knows something about uh, the way this whole thing works, FBI investigations and all that. You know, during the commercials, Jack and I were just talking about uh, Ed Gillespie and Terry McAuliffe 
both of whom may soon be United States governors, both of whom are political hacks, and both of whom are profiled in Mark Leibovich's fabulous book, This Town, about how cynical they are about the R versus D thing. Please, just a way we make money. They're all laughing at us. There's a he's a racist ad running against Ed Gillespie, who you just mentioned because he's running for governor. That is so over the top. Uh-oh. You will not believe it. Oh, boy. Unbelievable. Democrats are distancing themselves. Great but- guest coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.